Hi, I'm Paul Haverschrud, host of The Cost of Living. It's a show about money and how it shapes our lives. In big ways, like why inflation could get worse if we all make more money. Here's the hard truth in all of this. Workers are going to have to eat that real wage loss. And small ways, like what's the fastest way to order fast food? That first Big Mac that comes out of the kitchen is going to the drive-thru. Check out The Cost of Living. We're on CBC Listen or wherever you get podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Group A Streptococcus has been in the headlines recently after 15 children died in the UK as a result of an outbreak there. Now the World Health Organization is warning about it circulating in Europe. Canada has not had any reported outbreaks recently, but parents are no doubt wondering about what's going on in the UK. So this week we're asking, what should I know about Group A Strep? Hi, Joanne. Welcome to The Dose. Thanks for having me, Brian. Delighted to be here. What is the most commonly misunderstood thing about Group A Strep that you hear about? The most commonly misunderstood thing I hear is that it's always dangerous. So group A strep can be just a normal part of our bacteria that's lying on our skin or in our mouth and not cause us any harm at all. Well, uh, I'm glad that uh, with with that bit of reassurance uh, that we've got you speaking to us today. I think reassurance is part of what we're going to be talking about. But before we begin, can I ask you to give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Sure. My name is Joanne Langley and I'm here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm a pediatrician specializing in infectious diseases and I do vaccine research at uh, Dalhousie University, Canadian Centre for Vaccinology, and I see patients. And I'm glad you're here to speak with us. Let's begin our conversation. For those who are uninformed in all things to do with bacteriology, what is Group A Streptococcus? Um, It's a bacteria, and it uh, causes a whole range of illnesses from mild illnesses uh, to very severe life-threatening illnesses. And uh, it can also be just a common, what we call commensal, or a bacteria that doesn't cause harm, uh, that can lie on our skin or in our throat. So it can be harmless, and I guess for the vast majority of people it is harmless, but as I mentioned earlier, 15 children died in the UK. What do we know about severe infections from uh, the group A strep bacteria occurring in Canada? Uh, well, group A strep that is invasive, that means that it's uh, either in the bloodstream or uh, in a bone or in a, a cerebrospinal fluid like meningitis, is reportable through the National Public Health Surveillance System, but um, non-invasive strep is not reportable. To my knowledge, we are not seeing this phenomenon yet in Canada, but it would be picked up by our current surveillance system. And certainly every there are public health alerts to be on the lookout for it. And I think clinicians are very aware that the incidence could be increasing. You know, Joanne, one would think that, but there has been some chatter on social media that I just want to get out of the way right now. And of course, as you know quite well, and I think a lot of Canadians are beginning to to come to this realization, Canada is in the grip of a what's been called a triple-demic of RSV, flu, and COVID. And some infants have died during this time. 
And uh, there has been some speculation that some of those kids might have died. Some of those infants might have died from group A strep. Is it possible that some of those infants did have group A strep and it just hasn't been reported yet? It's certainly possible because we know that group A strep, uh, the invasive kind, the severe kind that uh, enters your bloodstream, is more common after certain viral illnesses, particularly after influenza and after chicken pox. And we think that's because the normal um, mechanism you have to prevent invasion in your throat or on your skin, in the case of chicken pox, is interrupted. Um, so that will allow the group A streptococcus that might just be sitting there to enter. It has a, a doorway, a portal to get into uh, places that it normally would not be. Any insight into why severe infections from group A strep are increasing elsewhere? I expect it's because the risk factor for severe invasive group A strep infection has also increased. Of course, we know from our surveillance that both the amount of RSV and influenza and the timing in the season are abnormal. The amount of disease that we're seeing right now is not typical for a normal influenza or a normal RSV season. So a lot of children are being exposed to viral illnesses that are themselves risk factors for invasive group A strep. I got it. Okay. Uh, I, I seem to have a dim memory that group A strep illness comes and goes, that there's a kind of a cyclical quality to it. There were there was a time, I remember when I was a young kid, there were lots of kids who got scarlet fever and then it just all but disappeared. And it doesn't, it does, doesn't, that doesn't mean it disappears everywhere. But, uh, you know, is, is that part of this as well, that, that there has emerged a more virulent form of group A strep that's now infecting more kids because more kids uh, have been diagnosed with the flu? Mm -hmm. So, so far from the European surveillance, uh, it doesn't appear that there's one clone or one type of group A strep that's predominating. Although, as you note, that has happened in the past where there have been so-called outbreaks of group A strep that are all caused by one clone uh, or one common uh, type of group A strep bacteria. That doesn't appear to be the case now, which would suggest that it's not uh, kind of a, a point source outbreak, that this is a generalized risk factor in the population that's operating it in multiple children who don't have to have contact with each other. Looking at group A strep in general, from what you've said and from what I know, it's incredibly common, isn't it? It is. Uh, group A strep pharyngitis, which is probably the most common illness that we associate with this bacteria or strep throat, um, is a, the most common bacterial cause of sore throat. It starts to be common in, when you're about three years of age and older and kind of in preschool age children, it's, it's a very common cause. But the other types of group A strep infection are significantly uh, less common. And you'll probably have heard of them, things like uh, scarlet fever, rheumatic fever, um, toxic shock syndrome is associated with group A strep bacteria, uh, and the necrotizing fasciitis, that's also associated with group A strep bacteria. Those uh, syndromes are way less common than uh, good old garden variety strep throat. 
And what are the differences between the uh, group A strep that infects our throats and the group A strep that causes skin infections? Group A strep may have uh, the ability to um, produce certain toxins or proteins that cause the skin rash or cause the blood pressure changes or that affect the heart valves or the joints, for example. Um, So there's a variety of members of the family that have different kind of personalities that allow them to cause different symptoms and signs in people. Got it. So you're advising, I'm sure you're you're advising parents all the time. Um, how do parents know if their child has group A strep? Well, uh, interestingly, neither parents nor doctors can really recognize based on a history and physical um, that this is clearly group A strep. That's pretty hard to do. They really need to come for medical attention and the doctor needs to do some uh, laboratory tests to confirm that in the laboratory, we found group A strep. Uh, and until that happens, we would treat uh, as if it could be to keep the child safe until we have a laboratory confirmation. So what the what you have to do in the community is be watching for signs that your child is is unwell, but more than a regular runny nose or a cough where they're able to continue their normal activities. If a child is having trouble breathing, if a child's personality is significantly different, they're excessively sleepy, they have a stiff neck, if they have uh, an all-over body rash that's concerning, they're not able to eat or drink, if they're not peeing anymore, no more wet diapers or fewer than five wet diapers and a children under one. All those signs of, those are kind of danger signs or red flag signs that a child should get medical attention very quickly. You mentioned strep throat. What are the other common infections that can occur in kids uh, that come directly from group A strep? So strep throat or group A streptococcus pharyngitis, pharynx meaning that back part of our throat and itis meaning inflammation um, is the most common. And it is uh, diagnosed with a swab and the treatment is a penicillin-like antibiotic and it's very effective therapy. Uh, which you take for a short period of time after the diagnosis. Another common one that parents might be familiar with is impetigo, which is a skin infection that occurs more commonly in warm weather, so summer or spring, depending on where you are in Canada. And it's um, a red uh, rash of the skin where the skin itself is swollen, and there may be little bumps that look um, like they have liquid in them, and the skin might even peel. Um, Scarlet fevers, pretty common. It's uh, a diffuse, like all over kind of red rash. And if you touch the skin, it feels kind of bumpy, almost like sandpaper. Um, And that uh, is from a particular protein that the group A strep bacteria um, can make and send off into the bloodstream to give a signal to the skin. Those probably are the three most common things. And you've started to mention under what circumstances group A strep becomes more serious. So you you talked about a much higher fever, a child, an infant who's not drink able to drink or eat, a generalized rash, um, no longer uh, having wet diapers, stiff neck, 
any other symptoms and signs that come to mind that that should alert parents that something's seriously wrong? One is just their feeling that something is wrong. As pediatricians, we know that parents know their kids best. And if there's a significant change in in the kind of person that they are, that uh, is a very good sign that something is wrong. A child has to also eat and drink so they can get dehydrated quite quickly. So inability to eat and drink. What can be happening when a child is very sick with an invasive group A strep infection is that their blood pressure starts to go down. And when that happens, their heart might race. They're not going to be as bright and alert and interactive as normally. And so those are the really dangerous signs of needing intervention by medical personnel right away. So we'd like you to get to the hospital before that happens. Hey, my name is Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of FrontBurner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear FrontBurner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. I've heard that chickenpox is a risk factor for group A strep. Is that true? That is true. That is true. So after chickenpox, your risk of an invasive group A strep infection is about 10 times elevated. And that was actually one of the considerations when a universal chickenpox vaccine recommendation was made. There are the relatively minor infections that come from group A strep and then the more serious ones. Are they all now, you know, things like necrotizing fasciitis, toxic shock syndrome, are they all now under the umbrella of invasive group A strep or IGAS? Yeah, that's a great question. So invasive group A strep infection uh, refers to those infections that go to places in the body that are normally sterile. So our body has sterile places and not sterile places. The non-sterile places where there's lots of bacteria normally are our skin, our gut, um, the genitourinary tract part that faces the outside. These normally have significant levels of bacteria, viruses, other fungi, uh, and they kind of live in a healthy balance or they have their own little ecosystem. So we wouldn't, if we identify group A strep, in those places, we just say, well, it's just normally there. It's not invading. Um, similarly, a strep throat is not considered invasive because we expect group A strep to sit on the throat. Wouldn't be unusual for it to be there and not cause harm. But if group A strep enters your bloodstream, goes down to the lower part of your lung and causes significant pneumonia, goes to a joint or a bone or your brain, those are considered invasive because all those places are normally free of any bacteria. Who in general is at risk of these most serious forms of group A strep? So children under one are at higher risk. Um, people who haven't been vaccinated against flu or chickenpox would be at higher risk. Immunocompromised people, so whose immune systems are affected by either a congenital disorder or therapies that uh affect their ability of their immune system to respond. People who don't have normal skin integrity, so for example, people with eczema, uh, especially if it's not well controlled, 
always have just a, a level of skin breakdown such that their skin is not a normal barrier to intruders. Um, those are some of the categories. Also, if you've recently had uh, trauma to your skin, that would also put you at uh, increased risk for bacteria getting in through that disrupted skin site. And of course, you know, we're talking about infants now because what's been in the news, but these infections can also affect adults, can't they? They can absolutely uh, affect adults as well. So we've talked about the symptoms uh, that parents should watch uh, should watch for. And what about the symptoms that adults should watch for? Mm-hmm. So um, adults can also get uh, invasive group A strep infections with blood infections, uh, very severe pneumonias. They can get toxic shock syndrome. Um, they can get necrotizing fasciitis. Also, these are fairly rare, but certainly can occur and do occur regularly in Canada. Um, so adults can uh, look for uh, high fever, difficulty breathing. Um, again, someone in their family noticing, someone in their social circle noticing that they're um, more sleepy than normal, not thinking properly, uh, and which would s- suggest that they are are getting seriously ill. They can also be associated with toxic shock syndrome with a head-to-toe diffuse, so widespread redness of the skin um, can be an important sign um, of toxic shock syndrome. We're talking, of course, about some very serious conditions, but to put this in perspective, all of these are incredibly rare, aren't they? That's correct. It's it, all of these conditions are very, very rare, and uh, even though they may turn out to be more common as we move through this um, high incidence of flu and RSV, uh, they will still be relatively rare. That being said, it's good to be on the lookout. So you've told us some of the symptoms to watch out for. What can we do to protect our children and ourselves from group A strep? One is looking out for changes in uh, their well-being, which you're doing every day. Um, Another is hand hygiene, uh, to watch skin infections and uh, skin disruptions and make sure that they're not getting infected. And if a child does have a a sore throat, a severe pharyngitis, it is uh, worthwhile to get that evaluated to determine if it could be group A strep. And the other thing to know is that if you have a group A strep infection of your throat, that is a very low risk for becoming invasive group A strep. So group A strep sore throat may be fairly common, but it very is very unlikely to go on to an invasive group A strep infection. Well, let's hope people listening to us uh, can take precautions and uh, uh, no one has a child or, or knows an adult who is affected with the more serious forms of group A strep. Dr. Joanne Langley, I want to thank you so much for enlightening us and informing us on this serious subject that fortunately is fairly rare. Thanks so much for having me to talk about this today, Brian. Dr. Joanne Langley is a pediatric infectious disease specialist and vaccine researcher based in Halifax. 
Here's your dose of smart advice. Group A streptococcal disease is a bacterial infection that spreads from person to person through direct contact with bacteria found in the nose, throat, respiratory tract, or open wounds. The typical illnesses caused by group A strep include throat and skin infections such as impetigo and scarlet fever. In rare instances, it can cause an invasive form of infection in which the bacteria enters the bloodstream or deep tissues. When that happens, it causes life-threatening conditions such as pneumonia, septicemia, septic arthritis, meningitis, toxic shock syndrome, and necrotizing fasciitis or flesh-eating disease. We're talking about this now because the invasive form of group A strep has been linked to the deaths of at least 15 children in the UK. It's rare, but we're seeing more cases of the invasive form now because we've seen higher rates of influenza, which is a risk factor for invasive group A strep. We also see this infection occurring in people who were recently infected with chickenpox. Invasive group A strep is also more common in infants under six months of age, people who are immunocompromised, those with skin infections like eczema, recent skin trauma, and those who are not up to date on flu and chickenpox vaccines. Public health authorities in Canada say the cluster of cases in the UK does not pose an immediate risk of strep A disease in Canada, but they're monitoring the situation here. We can slow the spread of group A strep by washing hands, by wearing a mask in public places, and by staying up to date on vaccines against the flu and chickenpox. See your healthcare provider if you or your child have fever and a sore throat or skin rash. Call 911 for severe symptoms of invasive group A strep, such as high fever, delirium, stiff neck, unbearable headache, profuse sweating and vomiting, widespread skin rash, or an illness that seems much more severe than usual. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars so more people can find us. This edition of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.